0: Welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morisuti. Today is an Austin Matthews appreciation podcast. The man not only won himself the Rocket, not only won himself the MVP Hart Trophy, but was nominated and named the NHL's best player by his peers, taking home the Ted Lindsay, An absolutely astounding season for AM34. Was it the best in Leafs history? We'll debate that on today's show. Also talk about how uh, my guy, Michael Bunting, snubbed, snubbed for the Calder Trophy. And an update on a couple of key UFAs for Toronto. Jack Campbell and Ilya we will get into uh, where those contract negotiations stand and more on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked on Podcast
1: Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome to Locked on Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morisuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked on Leafs is a daily Maple leaf centric podcast. So Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also now catch us up on video on YouTube. You can check us out, Locked on Leafs on YouTube. We just gave away an Austin Matthews jersey. Uh, congratulations to Mike Bradshaw, the winner of the jersey. I got in touch with him. And uh I I got his address. We're shipping it out to him. He's gonna be the brand new owner of a jersey of a man who is named not only the most valuable player this season, but by his peers, the best player in the NHL this year. This is an Austin Matthews Appreciation podcast. All right, dude. I I'll be completely honest with you, Dave. I would I didn't think I would be this excited about it. Just because, you know, I wasn't stoked that the, the award show was in the middle of the Stanley Cup final. You know, I, I wasn't really thinking about Austin Matthews' season and whatnot. Like everything's so hyper-focused on what's going on with the cup final where I thought, ah, it seems like this is being sandwiched in here. I let go of pretty sizable woo when Austin Matthews got named, not only the Ted Lindsay, but then the Hart Trophy winner. How about you? Were you just as excited as I was to uh see Matthews get the credit he was very well deserving of uh, after an amazing, amazing season.
1: Well, earlier in the year, we were almost convinced that Austin Matthews was the front runner for a lot of these awards, awards. And then we got to chatting a bit yesterday, and you kind of swayed me a little bit thinking, this might not be as big of a slam dunk as we think of it, because McDavid had a pretty decent season. And that's the one that's the guy that I think a lot of people were just like, uh eh, like there's there's still that possibility that Connor McDavid could could get it. And then you kind of you when the award happened when he got the award, you're almost just like, why do, why do we doubt this? Like there was no doubt. There was no doubt that Austin Matthews was going to win that hard work Cause really his season was something we had not seen you know a 60-goal score. It does not happen very often in the NHL anymore. So I, that's I, – I think we – everything that happened with the Leafs in the playoffs kind of made us lose sight of what Austin Matthews did during the regular yeah. season. I think that's part of the reason why I think there's a, quite a bit of surprise and excitement of what he yeah.
0: did. It's a good reminder, right? Like we sit here, we watch Kale McCarr be dominant into the cup final. We watch Connor McDavid carry his team – all the way to a Western Conference Final. Same with Igor Shosturkin. Like some of these great players around the NHL, we're watching them do, you know, what they do best in the playoffs. We haven't seen that from Matthews in a little while. He's a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. But it just makes you think back. Like, yeah, he his regular season was incredible. And you know, there's going to be some negative Nellies out there that sit there and say, "Well, regular season? Who cares? Those are regular season awards." And if you want to win anything, it's got to be that the Stanley Cup or the Conn Smythe. And then I'll be happy with it. Whatever. If you want to be negative, go ahead and do that. But, you know, this is step one, right? Step one, I think, is is prove that you're one of the best players in the game today and arguably the best, according to the players and according to uh, to the media as well. Um, I, I look, man, like the thing about it, it was the MVP for the heart. I didn't think there was much of a competition. Like I pretty much thought that Matthews was going to get that. It was a Ted Lindsay one that surprised me. Not because I didn't think he was deserving of it, but because I didn't think that the players were going to vote upon it. Remember we were talking about earlier in the year, the NHLPA player poll came out and it had Austin Matthews or sorry, Connor McDavid as the top player in the league. And I was wondering when was that poll taken? Because that could be totally different if it's taken at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, because at the end of the year, clearly that poll was different because austin matthews turned out to be the guy that the players decided to vote upon as the best player this league year in the nhl and even austin matthews who's speaking after the award ceremony and even he said look I, I was surprised you know i i often when i need to go and vote for that kind of stuff i just automatically write connor's connor mcdavid's name down on the ballot without even thinking twice cuz he's that good of a player and i just assume that so many players were going to do that this year that Matthews wouldn't win the award and not to say that McDavid isn't deserving of it either like I wouldn't have been upset if McDavid ended up getting it but the fact that that didn't happen I think is even kind of more special that Austin Matthews went against the grain to allow guys to double you know kind of you know double check triple check themselves when they had to write down the name on that ballot and more often than not turns out more guys think that Austin Matthews was the best player in the league this season, and I think that's pretty incredible.
1: You know, it's also pretty incredible. Oh, Just look at that! Look at, right that.
0: Look you don't at that!
1: This guy who's not like you know, some hockey players have a difficult time showing emotion, right? Right? They sound too much. That's for those who are listening to the podcast on audio. I'm putting up a picture of Austin Matthews with the Heart
0: and Ted Lindsay Award. I tell you what, though, Dave, that that guy's hairline looks like yours. <laughs> like gotta, what are
1: you trying to say there mike
0: oh, that guy man he's gonna to have it. to go full messier within the next two years i think he's got to hold on to that those locks as long as he can because that thing is going Al i afraid-y. quick buds oh man I'm it's more going concerned about the, the
1: tan wasn't exactly my flavor like it, it looked a little too too leathery opinion it didn't look real and this guy what lives day? in Arizona.
0: the, the yeah. tan
1: this is not yeah, is yeah, mean, that's what he's, that's yeah. what also adds to the what you're looking at here. First off, that that set of hair still got some decent lettuce on it. He's it, got he's
0: got flow, it's just it's receding quick. That's all, yeah, it's going he's, quick. It's honestly towards like Al Iafredi level, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alfredi was still trying to hold on for dear life. Awesome, Matthew's just got some time. Speaking from experience. He still got. Some
0: time. <laughs> fair enough, Dave. Fair enough, um, but no. Like in all honesty, I I'm you know very happy for Austin Matthews that the season that he had, he was recognized for it by his peers and by um, the Hockey Raiders Association. Everybody in conjunction deciding that this was this was his year. Like this, he was the best player. This season doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to do that going forward or, you know, it's going to be consecutive Ted Lindsay's. Perhaps it can be. I mean, Who knows? The guy's only, what, 24, 25 years old.
1: It's going to be crazy.
0: crazy. But, you know, this year, I think they all got it right. And I don't want to toot my own horn, Dave, but I was on the Matthews for Lindsay train for a long time. We sat here on this podcast in about February, March ish. And I came out here and I think we do we have the clip. I think I I I if only if only
1: we had record. Oh, oh 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 my goodness. What what it's almost like we had this purposely queued up here. All right. Should we roll the tape?
0: Let's roll the tape and see what I had to say. This was from March first. I want to say it was from let's see what I mean, we
1: Yeah, back in March. Uh we had our good boy Tony. Yeah. My brother without hair. <laughs> Tony.
0: Dave and Austin Matthews, what a trio of balding people!
1: (laughs) Let's so let's play the clip here. Let's see what good old I got enough
0: hair all over my body for all three of us. Don't worry, pal. (laughs) Good guy. All right, let's play the clip. Yeah, this is a bit of a take where I think a real interesting conversation that could be had this year is who do you think is more worthy of the Ted Lindsay Award? Because that's one I think would make some shockwaves if Austin Matthews wins the Ted Lindsay this year, which right now I think I would give it to him. This is a bit of i think I would give it to him. And here we are a couple months later, pal. Austin Matthews is the recipient of the Ted Lindsey Award, voted on by his peers. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Why don't we also pull up the um, the Heart Trophy uh, ballot list? Because... I, I got knew-
1: some problems. You know what?
0: Well, we'll get to that in a sec. But as much as as I thought Austin Matthews was the winner, I am surprised how much of a slam dunk it was. He got 119 of the votes. The next next most first-place votes was McDavid with 29. That is how, by a landslide, Austin Matthews won this award. 119 first-place votes. Connor McDavid, just 29. Incredible. Incredible.
1: Can we can we figure out who who are the ten people
0: yeah.
1: that decided Austin Matthews was fourth and fifth <laughs> on their ballot?
0: Yeah, it's just... we,
1: I know some I know some of the writers do put out their ballots. I'm wondering if that's actually out. I, I don't know if the um NHL Writers Association, the P uh I can't remember the acronym now. I think it's PHWA. Professional
0: PHWA, yeah.
1: I wonder if the more of the, I think I want to see if any of them have revealed their ballots. I know a lot of people who have revealed their ballots in baseball. It's become a big thing now, but I want to see who had Austin Matthews below some of these guys. Um, yeah, but I was, I was definitely surprised that, you know, McDavid were very close together in terms of the, the first place voting McDavid though. I mean the, the second place one doesn't surprise me. Um, just looking here, like some of the guys that did get votes, uh, you got Jason Robertson. I thought that was a bit of an, an interesting one. Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, got-
0: Jason Robertson to me is probably the most egregious. Like I had someone reach yeah. out to me and they're like, JT Miller, a fifth place vote. I'm like, I mean, at least he had 100 points. And, you know, he plays a solid two-way game and he's just like a gamer. And he meant a lot to Vancouver in terms of like exactly. value. But like Jason Robertson, I understand that he's a uh, you know he's a big piece of of Dallas, but a top five most valuable player, mm, I don't know. Even J T. Miller is a stretch, but at least it's like okay, he had a hundred point season yeah. um, and led his team. But yeah, Robertson was a bit of a weird one. I was surprised how um, how low Leon Drysaddle was. I thought Drysaddle probably would have been a little bit up uh, uh, up higher a tad. Didn't get uh, didn't get a single. Uh, first place vote got one second and one third. So only yeah, one second and one third place vote, which I thought was a little uh a little confusing. Not confusing, but I just thought he'd get a little it's, bit more. It's the
1: McDavid effect. Everybody believes McDavid is the more valuable player yeah. to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. So I think I, I think that's where work what it usually comes down to. But yeah, I, I don't think Leon Dreisel has anything to be concerned about when it comes to those votes.
0: Huberto getting 13 first place votes was kind of interesting.
1: There there were, I mean, we let's also remember that Huberto, a lot of, I mean, his agent, especially Alan Walsh, was basically pounding his drum for most of the year to be in the Hart Trophy conversation. Um, 13, I, I'm a little bit surprised that he had, him and Goudreau, I thought, maybe they would have been the ones kind of they were kind of similar to me in terms of like their like place on this list i'm a little surprised that huberto was put ahead of the in a lot of ways i thought good just had an unbelievable season but so did huberto
0: it's just well, Goudreau finished with more total points and more total votes yeah. so the writer they, they got it right in that aspect mm-hmm. but i'm with you i thought for sure there would be more uh, first place votes and even second place votes like Goudreau just feasted on third and fourth place votes where Huberto didn't get as many top four consideration. And that's how Goudreau points wise ended up going ahead of Huberto. But I'm with you. I thought for sure Goudreau was more worthy um, than Huberto when it came to, to the Hart trophy, but either way, they, I think they got it right with Austin Matthews, man. Um, yeah, and thing. yeah, yeah, they got it right for sure, um, and we'll see if he can replicate the same success next season and the year after that, and then hopefully he re-signs with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, and we could see it happen uh, for many many years. He can compete for the Hart Trophy and potentially uh, try and replicate um, but winning a Ted Lindsay. First time in Maple Leafs history, a Leaf has won the Ted Lindsay Award too. It's pretty. Fantastic. And not only did he get these two awards tonight, took home the Rocky after a 60 goal season. Also named to the NHL's first All-Star team as the number one center in the NHL. Also named to the same first team All-Star, Mitch Marner, for a second straight year in a row. So both Matthews and Marner named to the first All-Star team. And uh makes sense, man. Like that that was just a rock star duo all year long.
1: That that the whole list too makes sense. Like Kale McCarr, Roman, you'll see the two finalists. Yeah, for the uh, for the Norris and Shusterkin. there was no goaltender I think better than in this year. I think Johnny Gaudreau, the left wing, that makes a lot of sense too. I mean, especially because he finished above Huberdeau in the voting for the the Hart. Um, I, I feel like they were kind of the two that were going neck and neck there. This is a pretty imagine that as your <laughs> as your starting lineup.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not too often though that like your Art Ross winner doesn't get your first All Star team. That
1: that was the surprising part. But when you're when Matthews,
0: that's it, right? Like, could could you imagine if Matthews won the Lindsay, won the Hart, but then is on the second All Star team? That would make no sense. They almost had to. It's almost like they said to themselves, "Okay, whoever wins the Ted Lindsay tonight, whether if it's Matthews or McDavid." That's who we're putting as first team. And then the other is going to be second team center. And uh, well, we know who ended up winning that one. Um, All right, Dave, let's, uh, let's chat a little bit about a couple of the other awards that were handed out tonight. Uh, the Calder was handed out, the Norris, as well as the Vesna Awards. And then we're also going to get into this report from Chris Johnson earlier on TSN as he gave us a bit of an update on the negotiations with the Maple Leafs with Jack Campbell and Ilya Mikheyev. But before we get into any of that, why don't you tell us about uh, one of today's show sponsors, Rock Auto.
1: Yep. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's not possible for your local chain of parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind your often pointless, to seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and even in your pocket. So save time money when using Rock Auto. You can save up to 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-for-yourselfers for 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. Just to give an example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. Rock Auto has it for $216. Every dollar counts to Rock Auto. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor, and even a new carpet. Go explore the easy-to-use website today to find solutions to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
0: Welcome back into the Locked On Lease Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morosuti. We're uh, continuing to discuss some of the award winners on the night. We already loathed about our, our Lord and Savior, Austin Matthews, AM34, who took home a bunch of hardware tonight as the league's best player and most valuable player according to not only the media but also the players themselves which I think is pretty pretty darn cool but let's move on and talk about some of the other awards that were handed out tonight and this one is a little bit more of a sour note david the calder trophy look i had was beating the michael bunting drum for months for months beating this guy's drum and I even told you yesterday, I think Mo Sider will probably win it, but it would be a farce if he did, because it belongs to Michael Bunting, and it's exactly what happened. Mo Sider wins it, and it wasn't even close. He, Mo Bunting actually finished third in voting, which is ridiculous, ridiculous, David. Um, yeah, so here we're bringing up the Calder voting here, if, uh, if you're listening along, we'll let you know about if you're watching on YouTube. There's the the votes uh, for the Calder Trophy for the Rookie of the Year. So Mo Sider, runaway winner, 170 first-place votes. Michael Bunting only got seven first-place votes. So there was only seven others on board with me in the entire Hockey Writers Association. So <laughs> shout-out to the seven of us. We got an eight-man group, eight-man crew. We're the bomb. Everyone else, you suck. You don't know anything about hockey. Uh, just kidding. The most outside, or like, congratulations in all honesty. Yeah, he did have a fantastic uh season. Um, that's about I, I was thing. putting it into
1: the discord chat chat, chat that maybe I needed a, a co host for tonight because I wasn't, I thought you were going to be so upset after it wasn't even the fact that
0: if, 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 it, wasn't, if it wasn't for Matthews winning like the Ted Lindsey to kind of make it an okay night, uh, I probably would have been a little bit more hated of, over it. Not gonna lie.
1: It it wasn't even the fact that okay first place votes it would have been tough for Michael Bunting I mean seven that that stings dude in second place like, <laughs> I, like. I'm not I I was gonna say it wouldn't be surprising if Trevor Zegers gets a lot of love just he's it's the excitement of the player of Trevor Zegers it's he pulls you in with his creativity it's all it stop the
0: popularity contest David. Should not My, be a popularity contest
1: I have been through enough of these to know that popularity contest is exactly what I was expecting in this situation there was a bias against Michael Bunting from the beginning with the with the age, you know that I know that Um, at least he got a decent amount of second and third place votes to keep himself in the top three because it would have been I think it would have been worse if he got out of the top three because then you know so, and, and people in our Discord were like, that's that's Leafs' bias. I say if he fell out of the top three, definitely a Leafs' bias against uh, Michael Bunting, but at least he was top three. I'm sure Michael Bunting is very happy with the fact that he was in a top three, considering who he was going up against. We're talking about two guys who were picked in the top ten of the NHL draft, guys who were highly touted, and here comes Michael Bunting, who nobody would have put in their calendar. Trophy uh yeah. race going into the year. So I think if you're Michael Bunting, you are going to take that third place and you're going to hold your head up high.
0: Yeah, I think I got it at like plus 2,200 or plus. This 30, is the other reason why Michael's not
1: very happy about Michael Bunting not winning it. What's
0: that? <laughs>
1: That was the other reason why you weren't happy, because you, you wanted to make a little coin on, on Michael. Well,
0: Bunker. to be honest, I had more money on Mo Cider winning it, so I was okay either way. I kind of hedged my bet. I got both of them at pretty good uh pretty good odds, which meant I was basically guaranteed to win money as long as one of them won uh won it. So it is what it is when it comes to the money. If anything, I won more because I bet more on, on Mo Cider. Um because I bet uh, like five bucks on bunty at the beginning of the year as a joke. And it almost came to fruition, which was hilarious. Uh, but also let's give a shout out to our guy, Timothy Lilligren, getting some votes, one fourth place vote and three fifth place votes for Timothy Lilligren as he ties Dawson Mercer for 11th in total Calder trophy voting. So shout out Timothy Lilligren. Um, I, I was a, I don't know. Were you surprised to see that? Or, you know, does Top little bit. make some I, sense I, for you?
1: I was a little surprised because you're looking at the names on this list here. Like, he was close yeah. to guys like, like, yes, Cole Caulfield had 31 points. But if you look at, like, the votes, like, Cole Caulfield did not get many votes.
0: No. Well,
1: he, he got 15. He got 15 votes. He yeah. was put on 15 ballots. Billy Green getting four considering he didn't have a full-time role this year. I'm going to say that's pretty impressive. Uh, and I'm wondering if there was some Toronto bias with those ones. Um, certain people who I definitely know would get, definitely put Timothy Leveron on their ballot. But it's not yeah. totally like, out of nowhere. Because you look at like Alex Nadelkovich got a vote. He was not very good this year in, for Detroit. And yet he got a vote.
0: I forgot that he was even still eligible. Wasn't he eligible last year? I don't ooh, think that's that. not. That's strange that Nadelkovich was still able to get a vote. Was it wait, wasn't he nominated last year? Um ooh, it,
1: it's one of those where I think you get double uh, see, we everyone's talking about the age stuff with Michael Bunting, but I'm pretty sure Nadelkovich getting a chance at two, because he let's see, last year he played in 23 games. So I'm I'm actually very curious to know who were the Calder Trophy. Uh, actually, I can actually find it out in two seconds because I was looking at this
0: earlier. Um, he played in 59 games this year for Detroit. Good for him.
1: You are so right. Nedeljkovic was third last year in Calder yeah. Trophy voting. That is actually a very interesting. It's interesting, especially because everyone was getting Oh, Michael Bunting shouldn't be on it because of his age. So why does Nedeljkovic get two cracks and won in the award?
0: I mean, I'm sure he was eligible. So I, if I'm rolling on the bunting was eligible train, then I can't say anything about Nedeljkovic. But I'm yeah. I, I would la- going to have to go and look into the eligibility requirements because for Nedeljkovic, I, I thought he had he had hit them at the very least, but obviously he didn't. Or someone from Detroit just significantly screwed up and they just put him on a ballot for whatever reason. I don't know.
1: I don't but- think they would have counted the vote. Blush. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's Unfortunately, true. Fortunately,
1: Kirill Kaprizov was—he got ninety-nine percent of the votes, so we were okay with
0: that. Yeah, we're we're all good with that one. But uh, yeah, Timmy Lilligren—I think when you look at it, he like he's an analytical darling. So whoever ended up voting for him, so the one person who gave him fourth in voting, and then one gave him—they uh, had three fifth-place votes. I'm gonna go ahead and say that they are analytics driven people because if that's the case that timothy lilligren was considered one of the top five ish rookies in the league this year based on what his role was obviously but based on analytics and you know what he did from the uh, from the blue line from you know his perspective so I'm, i'm i wasn't like too too surprised but also that meant that he's better than lucas raymond jeremy swayman Anton Lundell, Matt Boldy. Eh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, a I, mean, there. I, I I but still, congratulations and hats off to uh good old Timmy, Timmy Lilligren. Uh, but Michael Bunting did also make the first all rookie team as one of the top three forwards. So didn't get the Calder, but it did make the all rookie team because uh Well, there's no bias involved in naming that one. They just flat out said, hey, here's the best rookie. Perform the best. You are placed on the team. So they got that one right. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, Kel McCarr takes home the Norris. Slightly surprised. Slightly surprised. And this might have been the one that had maybe the most... Uh, that is clo- It was close. So I'm pulling up the voting right now. That was close. 25 points between the two. And Roman Yossi got more first place votes than Kale McCarr. But Kale ended up with a bunch of second place votes, which ended up, uh, which ended up, I guess, propelling him to victory ultimately. But that's, you, you don't see that often where someone who gets more first place votes, but doesn't end up winning the award. And uh, Kale McCarr, who, still had an unbelievable year. Like it's not like, you know, it went to Charlie McAvoy who somehow got one first place vote from a guaranteed Boston scribe of some kind. Uh, maybe it was our guy, Ian McLaren over at lockdown Bruins. Maybe he had a secret vote and he put in uh, Charlie McAvoy perhaps, but and he was
1: going to be like, how did Morgan Riley get into the close to the top 10?
0: Yeah. Morgan Riley coming in at 11th there. He got two third, fourth place votes, and four fifth place votes. I'm also quite That's confused by that one. Honestly, I he had more man. than
1: Petrangelo, more than Spurgeon. Pretty good defenseman. They're more than Heiskinen.
0: More than Heiskinen. Yeah, kind of wild. Kind of wild. Tanev was an extremely solid defenseman when it comes to like defending your goal. It's Chris Tanev is like a top five player in the league at yeah. that. And uh, yeah, a little bit surprised of how many votes Morgan Riley got. But again, congratulations to Mo getting some recognition from, uh, from some of the, some of the writers, the, the P professional PHWA. Um, I get confused. Cause he got the PWHPA, which is the women's yeah. league and then the PHWA, the professional hockey writers association. I get confused with those two all the time. Yeah. Um, was, but like think- Oates, he had a ho- 96 points, man, 96 points. And he doesn't win the Norris. It's crazy. This is where I think
1: what might have happened within the Yossi case. This is where like the split voting comes in because Victor Hedman got 14 uh, second place votes mm-hmm. um, and he had 142 third place votes and Yossi had 17. So clearly, somebody like quite a few people might have put Victor Hedman maybe above Roman Yossi. Yeah. And that's and Yossi was third on the ballot because he had 17 third place votes. I think that's obviously what did Yossi and Makar getting uh, all those second place votes that like it's it's if I'm Roman Yossi, maybe there's a bit of a sourness because you got all those first place votes and you didn't win.
0: 21 uh, second place votes went to players not named Makar and Yossi 14 to Hedman seven to McAvoy. Somehow McAvoy got seven second place votes. If a third of those, if a third of those ended up going to Roman Yossi, which he it probably should have, he would have beat kill McCart.
1: Yeah. No, uh, so definitely some Boston writers screwed Roman Yossi. That's what we're saying. <laughs> a thousand percent.
0: Yeah, it's so through Boston. I mean, now Nashville is going to hate Boston as well as Toronto and every other team in the league. Cause well, did you through see, Boston?
1: I, I'm going to see if I can find
0: the reaction from Hedman when. Oh, McCullough. that was funny. Tic Tac Tomar, I think, posted uh, the tweet from that. But that was quite funny when uh, Kael McCarr got announced that he was the winner. It almost seemed like Hedman was like, oh, really? Okay. A little bit of fuel for the cup final for uh, for yeah. these guys. I mean, you think it would be a story if Kael McCarr plays like crap tomorrow? You think it'll be a story like, oh, maybe he was partying after winning his Norris. Like, I don't get the sense that Makar is that type of dude, but I wonder how many people are going to try and paint that story tomorrow.
1: Like, just look at Victor. He, he's just like... Like, his yeah. face is kind of... kind. Of, he's just like, alright, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, alright. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you take that. I'm going to take a Stanley Cup from you. And potentially a, a con smite out of your hands. It was also a, weeks. Have fun with your Norris. Keen
1: Thompson. Thompson, I think, mentioned that uh, he was like, "Yo, you guys have a game tomorrow. Don't forget that."
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we know, pal. We uh, we. By the way, Keenan Thompson, as much as, yeah, you know,
1: pumped his tires, and now look what he he just right. Big smack in the face.
0: It was funny. It was funny. It was a good joke. So for those who missed it, he came out and said, "I got, I got got the clip." Okay, let's play. Let's play the clip. This is right at the end of the show, too, which is hilarious. It barely made the broadcast. Yeah, because
1: he knew he needed to get out of there alive.
0: Yeah, yeah. So here, congratulations, man. Good job, guys. Good job. Nice. That's our show,
1: everybody. Congrats to Austin Matthews. Nice to see the Leafs winning something in June. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really is, though, Like, Look at really you is.
1: up in this guy's tires. I was saying I hate these award shows. They're not very great. And You're just like, sometimes they don't get the best hosts and stuff like that. And you're like, don't slam my boy Keen Thompson. And Look what he did. He's just like, Mike, thanks for having my back, but guess what? I'm going to absolutely dummy your team with a pretty good joke. I will say, yes, that was a good joke. It's just... I mean it gave it gave everybody else another laugh at the Leafs if you needed that sorry that you have to find more enjoyment in the least pain. I know you know who those people are.
0: Hey tonight was all about Toronto though I mean tonight was all about the Leafs it was all about Austin Matthews and uh, the all the hardware that he was able to collect. So, I didn't see
1: many other teams winning hardware didn't see many other teams winning that hardware.
0: Nope we should also note Igor. Uh, Shusterkin, which everyone knew he was going to win the Vesna, did take it home. Let's take a quick look at uh, the Vesna voting. So he took 29 of the 32 votes. So the Vesna is voted upon by GMs, correct? Yes. So bizarre that for some reason they vote on the goaltender of the year. But anyways, so Igor takes home 29 first place votes and three second place votes. So Somehow, okay. though, the other three first place votes did Take- not go to either Markstrom or Soros, who were the top three qualifiers. It went to Bryce fans. Freddie Anderson gets a first place vote. And then Ilya Sorokin gets a first place vote of the New York Islanders. And then Vasilevsky gets a first place vote because his name is Andre Vasilevsky. Not because he earned it. Because of his name. Um Wild, wild to me that Vasilevsky, or sorry, that Freddie Anderson was given one first place, three second place votes, and then seven third place votes, finished fourth in Vesna voting for former Maple Leafs tendee, Freddie Anderson. If I'm a
1: Flames fan, I am really not happy about that. That Jacob Markstrom, the guy had nine shutouts this year. Doesn't get a single first place vote, but one GM's like, "Yep, yeah, you know that
0: guy in Carolina, Frederick Anderson. Yep, he's gonna get my." I mean, really? It was probably. I mean, who's is it? Don Waddell? Is he the yeah, Don Waddell? It was probably Don Waddell, and it was probably Lou Lamorello who voted Ilya Sorokin. Let's be honest. It's true. It's probably I mean, who else is gonna vote for that guy? I mean they like Kyle Dubas ain't voting Sorokin. Not a chance,
1: hey, not a chance. Even go for his own guy. I'm not to so I say
0: no, he did not, which is funny because at Christmas, he was the betting favorite to win the award. Didn't end up with the top three vote, not one single top three vote. And, uh, well, we'll get to it in a sec, but I also do want to note that Billy Huso ended up with a third place vote. Who is a, a name that it seems like a lot of people are circling as a potential Maple Leaf to go after in free agency, uh for St. Louis if they let him go because he's a UFA. They've got Bennington signed. Not sure if they're gonna be able to retain him. He got a third place Vesna vote, Billy Husso did. And he had a good season. Didn't play yeah. the best in the playoffs, but during the regular season, he was uh he was pretty pretty solid goalie. So that's interesting. All right. Um, well, I noted that there's some updated news on Jack Campbell. So we will get to that in just a moment. But before we get there, let me tell you guys all about BetOnline. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sport developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Stanley Cup Finals, and MLB Major League Baseball games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and even golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, Dave Morris, studio with me. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs, and uh, we really appreciate it if you guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from. You can also now go check it us out on video. We uh, livecast all these up to YouTube, uh, also on the Locked On Leaves YouTube channel page, wherever the heck they're called. Um, you can subscribe to us there, and our Discord as well, which is popping off. Even right now, during this 37 minutes that we've been recording, we've had a couple of people pop off in the Discord, saying some comments, some questions. It's always a, a, a lot of fun getting into it with a lot of uh, Leafs Nation. So we're going to put the Discord link down below in the notes column, in the notes section. So make sure you go and check that out and be part of our community. That'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, so David, there was a, uh, an update from Chris Johnson today in, in TSN's uh, Insiders segment of the contract negotiation between Jack Campbell and Ilya Mikheyev. Uh, Let's start with Jack Campbell because Johnson said there hasn't been a whole lot of conversation and discourse. Like They're keeping in touch, but they haven't really talked figures all too much, which we already knew that was the case about a week ago. But we did note that it seems like Jack Campbell's looking for North of five million bucks this off season. It's sounding more and more by the day that Jack Campbell is probably not gonna to return to Toronto. And if that's the asking price, I think most league fans would probably agree that might have to move on.
1: So here here's the thing about the, the prices too. There are gonna be teams desperate to add a goaltender because the goaltending market is no bueno. It is very, there are not many great options out there. So guess what? Jack Campbell to a lot of teams looks like the best option. And there are teams with cap space. We kind of discussed with one of those teams, the good uh, friends over at locked on Sabres.
0: Yeah. they, they put out. Podcast. So they put out a podcast today. My guy, Joe DiBiase, let us know. And he said, yeah, we had a chat on Locked On Sabres today about uh, poaching Jack Campbell from you guys. And he wanted to know my thoughts on him as a player. And, well, I let him know. But, yeah, there's going to be competition for Jack Campbell. And, and if that's going to create a bit of a bidding war for his services, it's not one that I think Toronto can get themselves involved in.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's such a um, it's, – it's a tough situation for the Leafs to be in, right? Because – some are saying, oh, why didn't they try to get this done earlier? Well, earlier in the season, it was kind of the same thing, right? He was looking. Jack Campbell only gets really one shot, I think, at this. Yeah, it's This is his, his year to try to get that contract. Like, let's not forget that he's been on. He hasn't established himself throughout the years, so he's been making backup goaltender money. So the last two years, really, the last two years, the Leafs have been playing him as a 1A almost a one a guy and he's been getting less than 2 million bucks. Like the, no kidding. The guy wants to try to strike it a little bit rich. He also just recently got engaged from what I was told as well. So ha- congratulations to Mr. Jack Campbell, but it, the Leafs have to be a little bit, have to be sensible about how much they're going to pay a goaltender. Cause if they give exactly what Jack Campbell wants and he has a similar struggles during the year, then guess what's going to happen? Everyone's going to turn on Kyle Dewis Wondering why did you overpay for this goaltender?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what's going to end up happening. So, yeah, I I don't know what to do with this player, but I can tell you what when it comes to uh, when it comes to Jack Campbell, I'm just quickly looking at what his numbers were from Christmas onward because that's kind of when things started to fall off for him. Was was around Christmas? Um, actually, I'm going to sort by games played so i don't get all these random guys so people who played let's say at least 15 plus games after christmas so that's how we're going to sort it out oh i'm still scrolling still scrolling still scrolling still scrolling man this guy wasn't top 50 not top 50 in the nhl for save percentage from christmas onward that's no bueno no bueno did he not play 15 games actually why isn't he showing up here?
1: He did not play a lot. let Africa, he was, no, he he didn't, not only did he not play, he had the injury, and we saw quite a bit of uh, Eric Shalgren, Peter Mrazek as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd um, have i have to look at the, I'd have to look at the. Um, have to look oh, at
0: the... I, I know what, what I'm doing wrong here. I know exactly what I'm doing wrong here. Oh. I was doing it from a different date. So this is just me being stupid and apparently not knowing how to uh, how to work NHL.com. Don't know why. I don't know how to work that one. But now let's find out exactly what his save percentage was. Because I was looking at it and I was seeing the save percentage was, like, lower than it's supposed to be. And I was really.
1: For, gold, for a guy that wants $5 million a year, you, you're, you at least want league
0: average goaltending. Yes, absolutely. On league average goaltending, he doesn't provide that for you. It's it's he needs to definitely be a lot better, dude. Like, why are these stats showing up? This is really confusing me. He can't possibly be that low. Yeah, he is. He was not top fifty in the NHL this season. In the last uh, last twenty five games, his last twenty five starts this year, an eight ninety three save percentage. 25 starts, 893 save percentage, and 327 goals against. I don't I know. know if I'm willing to pay that guy five north of $5 million. I know he turned around and had a pretty good playoff, but I don't know. I don't know, man.
1: You you have to take the emotion out of it. Like I think a lot of Leafs fans in in, in the comments when we've ever had the, the Jack Campbell discussion have been pretty good about not letting the emotion kind of dictate things in terms of because we've had that happen before you lose a guy ah like it's almost like oh idiots you should have given like why did you let jvr go well the guy got seven million dollars yep, yep. Deletes, we're not going to give him seven million dollars and uh, he's not a seven million dollar player so like that's like you have to say to yourself is jack campbell a five million dollar goaltender that you have to seriously ask yourself that question. Just like it with Ilya Mikhaev.
0: Question, Dave, before we get to Mikheyev. Question, Dave. Would you rather Jack Campbell at five million or Sergei Bobrovsky at five million for the next four years?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky also has similar issues that, that uh um... you're oh. talking about a
0: two-time say, Vesna winner here. I-
1: But I would say probably Bobrovsky because at least he has a track record, as you suggest, right? He still was a league average goaltender last year, um, and like when he first showed up in uh, Florida, I understand it was rough. Florida was not a good team though; they were a good team this year, and Florida is an all offensive team. Put him in a, I mean, I look at his numbers in Columbus. Yeah. Right. I I, I know he's getting up there in age. He's well, he did win
0: two Veznas in Columbus.
1: Yes, he did, and deservingly so. He's also 33. He is getting up there in age, and Jack Campbell's not getting any younger either. I, and there's been injury concerns with both players as well. So I'm, I'm, but Bobrovsky, I think, at least has that track record where I can say, I can see why where Bobrovsky can be that $5 million goaltender, not the $10 million goaltender that Florida paid him to be.
0: No, there was a report that they're willing to eat a good chunk of that money and potentially up to half to get his contract off the books. Wow. So I'm thinking, like, if you're the Leafs, I mean, do you sniff around that? $5 bucks for Bobrovsky in the same time frame from Christmas onward, where Jack Campbell was an 8.93 save percentage goalie. Bobrovsky was at least 9.10, which was 26th in the NHL during that time for... Goaltenders who started at least uh 10 games in the final 30 some odd games of the year from Christmas onward. In 34 games, he won 27 of those games, had a 9-10 save percentage and a 277 goals against, which is a lot better than the numbers Jack Campbell spit out after Christmas. I don't know. It's just another option. No yeah. so is another option. Potentially they make that trade for John Gibson, but the 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 Leafs are going hunting for a goaltender this uh this offseason and that's kind of the new flavor of the week that uh, people tend to be talking about that we haven't really brought up yet so I figured yeah this might be a good chance to to discuss it considering we may have to make that decision would you rather pay five million for Jack Campbell or five million for Bobrovsky I might want to pay for Bobrovsky just because I know exactly well kind of tough to say that with any goalie but there's a pedigree. There is a track record of success exactly. with Bob's. Um, Ilya McKay of the second part of the update from Chris Johnston reportedly wants 4 to $5 million per season. What? <laughs> Why? You know who
1: I'd rather have a 4 to $5 million a season? Valerie Nichushkin, who likely will get $5 million. This offseason, but look yeah. at what he's done in the playoffs. Yeah. That's like, that's where, this is where, like, McCabe, you had a good season, but in the playoffs, like, the playoffs is where you really can shine and get your money. At least Zach Hyman was decent in the playoffs, has been decent in the playoffs, and that's what got him all that money in Edmonton. I, I don't see it for McCabe as a four to five million dollar. But he might get it from a team that is desperate for a winger, but four to 5 million Ooh,
0: for a third line winger who has trouble scoring. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, this was his only good offensive season and he had to get pushed up to really, because like, leaves were trying to get him going. Yeah. Offensive. And
0: then he went quiet in the playoffs. Like he got two goals, but they both came via the empty net.
1: Exactly. Four to 5
0: million. If that's what he's looking for. Um, well, was nice knowing you, Cobra. Nice knowing I, you. Uh, but I don't think the Leafs will be entertaining that deal at all. And I can understand why both uh, Maple Leafs camp as well as McCave and Campbell's. The reports are they're very far apart. And if that's, these are what the asks are, north of $5 million for Campbell, between four and $5 million for McCabe I'd be far apart too because I don't think Toronto can afford um, either of those guys at those prices. And for McCabe not sure he's worth close to that to be honest i think i thought like three by three for Ilya mikhayev or like a 3.25 potentially for mikhayev uh would be would be something maybe he takes like a five-year deal at three and a half million perhaps like tops but four to five billion a year i whew, i'll be curious to see if any gm decides to touch uh touch that number with with a 10-foot pole because i'm not sure i would be and it doesn't sound like Kyle dubis will either
1: uh steven Talavero smith would say Dream on,
0: yeah. Dream, dream on. on, dream
1: on. All right, Dave. That's gonna be it. even taller, but I can at least say it.
0: <laughs> that's gonna do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs Podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morisutti, and follow the show at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead, uh, smash that like button. Let us know in the comment section below, was this the greatest season in Maple Leafs history for Austin Matthews? The greatest individual year. Did we just witness it in a 100-plus year franchise? Did we just witness the greatest one from a single player this year? Let us know in the comment section below your thoughts on that one. Uh, leave a review if you're listening uh, on YouTube. That would be fantastic. A rating and review as well. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leaves.